Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Ridgeview Church. My name is Alex Barrett, and I'm the lead pastor here. And we're on week two of a new series called Stacking Good Days. Uh, I'm so glad that you decided to join us this morning. I hope so far as we've been singing praises to God, as you've been hearing about what's going on in church, that you've got a sense of our community. And I hope as well, as we speak from God's word today, that that you'll be encouraged. And we are looking at a series talking about how we can experience the best days in uh, the life that we've been given. Uh, Through the choices that we make, our approach to life, what are the things that we can do to actually build a foundation that we can stack good days on? And last week we talked about that foundation. And you can uh, check out our podcast, our YouTube page, Uh, You can also listen on our website uh, to last week's message. If you missed it, I encourage you uh, to catch up on that. But today we're going to talk about a key area of stacking good days in the area of our speech, uh, specifically how we can stack good days by holding our tongue. That is being careful, putting a guard over our mouth, thinking uh, before we speak. Uh, If you're like me, I grew up not really weighing or understanding the impact of my speech. Uh, I grew up with friends and we would mess with each other. We would talk down to each other. I grew up in a family where sometimes sarcasm would just fly and we would put each other down and we would kid and we'd kid because we care. But oftentimes not realizing that, man, there are some things that I, I've said that, that hurt people. There are some things uh, that I responded in a way that wasn't helpful, whether it was to my parents, to siblings, to my teachers, uh, different people that I related to. The reason is, is speech is actually something that we don't think a lot about, but it does make such an impact. I uh, kind of went over some, some memes recently on maybe some of the approach that we tend to think, or at least what seems normal uh, in culture. Uh, here were some, some ones that I found related to when we speak. Here's the first one. If you ever want me to be honest, say no. So if somebody asks, like, do you want me to be honest about this? You just want to tell them no, because we could be afraid of what people say. That's kind of a pretty normal approach. If you ask people for an opinion, they're going to just give it to you, no matter what they're thinking, no matter how they think it's going to land. If you ask, they're going to tell you. Another approach, the famous movie, A Few Good Men, you can't handle the truth. Well, what does that mean in our speech? Well, there's often times where we just want to say something to somebody because it's true. We're going to let let you know because that is true and you need to hear it. But sometimes the truth needs love as well. In fact, that's what we're commanded to do, truth in love. But oftentimes we just think, I have the truth, it's a hammer, and I'm just going to let you have it. Another approach is this, when you're offended. If I offended you, what does it feel like to be so weak that mere words hurt? Now that meme seems like it's kind of all in fun, but we can have that approach. You can't handle what I said to you. One, it was true, but two, they're just words. You need to deal with it. You need to to move on. And we can have that approach when we're speaking to others. But it's very interesting related to our speech. When we give words to others and they land a certain way, we kind of have a certain viewpoint. But when we are on the receiving end, things can land very differently. Here's some other ones I found. What I did was stupid, but your words hurt me. I'll never forget your words. Now, that's, that's like a simple meme that someone could put up. But when somebody was to say that, or somebody were to post that on, on social media, 
that actually represents some real pain and hurt that people have. Like, yeah, I may be messed up and maybe I deserve, you know, to be corrected or to be challenged on what I was doing. But the way that you talk to me hurt me like deep down. And I know there's been things that people have said to me that I've, I've not forgotten. I've forgiven, but they, they still land. They're still there. It takes time to sometimes heal those, those wounds. Here's another one. You see a picture there of a man who's breathing fire. It's that dragon breath. And sometimes words can be like that. Sometimes somebody talks to you in a certain way and it just feels like a fireball has just encompassed you. And that really is what our words do. So when we're on the giving end, it's easy sometimes when we speak to just downplay how our words land. And then when we're on the receiving end, we really do understand that, man, these words land heavy. They hurt. They make an impact because of what they do to us. So we're going to talk about today is how do we actually stack good days by having the right approach to our speech, something that we do every day, something that we do every day, oftentimes without even thinking. So let's, let's dig in. Our words impact the kind of days that we have. That's just true. If you want good days, your words are going to be tightly connected to those days. You can't just want a good day and then have no regard for your speech. A good day and your speech are actually closely connected. And isn't that true? I know in my own life, in family life specifically, if I have been harsh with my wife or harsh with my kids, or I've been cutting or I put people down in my life, the relationships are not going well. There's tense moments in family life. People seem hurt or they're distant. We're pulling away from each other. There's just kind of a a biting that's going on. So if I have bad speech, usually I have a bad day. And sometimes my bad day leads to bad speech. It's no excuse, but those are connected. So to stack good days and to have a blessed life, your speech has to be in line with that. And so we're going to talk about what that means. Let's dig into the verse that we talked about last week, and we're spending the rest of this series on Psalm 34. Here's the reminder, whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days. I think all of us desire to see many good days. Check out verse 13. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. So there you have it. If you want a good day, then your first thought should be, well, what do I need to do with my, with my speech? Well, the scriptures there give us some specific commands. Keep your tongue from evil. The word keep there in the original Hebrew, which is what a Proverbs is, is written in and Psalms is written in, it actually means to watch, to guard. You're, you're keeping like an eye. Now, you obviously cannot keep an eye on your tongue. You actually really can't see it. But the idea is like you are guarding what comes out of your mouth. The, the picture is there's kind of this, this trap door that opens every time we open our mouth, right? And sometimes we need to shut that trap door and we need to close our mouth because of what's going to come out. So that, that the idea of guarding it, making sure that we, we have the right approach to our words, that we're keeping an eye. We're not just letting it fly. Just like a, somebody, a castle, a fortress, that, that like castle door is going up and down to keep good and bad from coming in and out. It's the same with our speech. Bad words can just fly if we have no guard. If there's no filter and our words just flow, there can be many problems in life. I know that you've experienced that and I've experienced that. So to keep, to keep our tongue, to to hold our tongue means to guard, to watch. 
Now, evil actually means bad. Obviously, that, that kind of makes sense. But specifically in the Hebrew, it's something that's of small worth. Every time we speak, we're giving something that's worthwhile or not, something that has value or is less valuable. And what the, the psalmist is saying here, what David is saying is, is when you keep your tongue from evil, the idea is you're asking yourself a question, is this something valuable to the people who are listening? There's actually a forethought. That's what it means to watch. There's a thought process that goes on. Is this helpful? Is this worthwhile? Is this valuable? Or am I just doing this for me? Or am I just saying it without even thinking as I do so much in my life? So keep, watch, guard from evil, from from bad, something that's of less value, of small worth, and then lies. We, we know what lies mean, but the, the original language, it actually is speaking specifically about deceit. Or another word we don't use much, treachery. Treachery is betrayal or trust, uh, betrayal of trust and deception. So the idea is keep your tongue from misleading people. Keep your tongue from speaking something that, that's not true, from lies, from falsehood, from a way that's going to break trust. So that could be from, from lying and not being honest with what's going on. It could also be breaking trust by the way that your, your words you know, land with people, the, the position that you put people in. We live in a time where it's easy to vent. And again, we just let people have it because it's true. And on social media, it's even easier to do that. I don't know if you've ever made a comment, but those words are still words. Now we've typed them out, but we're still communicating. And we live in a time where people don't even think about what they post. They don't think about how they respond. But to have a good day means that you give thought to it. You guard what comes out of your mouth. Sometimes that trap door opens and we need to close it. Sometimes we need to speak up and so we need to open it. And so we need God's wisdom. But stacking good days are tied so closely with our speech. Now, you may have said something in your life, and I, I've found this in my own, where you wonder, where did that come from? Have you ever said something rude to somebody and you thought, wow, that was not like me. I can't believe I said that. I remember when I was in fifth grade, I had a teacher uh, who was teasing me and we had a good relationship. He was my soccer coach and uh, he'd known our family for many years and he was teasing me and teasing me. And in a moment, I had a lapse in judgment because he was teasing me. I kind of thought he was one of my buddies. Like he was just another kid on the playground messing with me. And so he was teasing me and I just said, shut up, Mr. Barlow. I was in England, hence the accent. And as soon as I said shut up and those words came out of my mouth, it was like I wanted to catch them in midair and put them back, but it was too late. And he just said, what did you say, son? And I just thought my life is over. I just told a teacher in my school to shut up. And he just said, you know, you forgot your place. You don't ever speak to, and he corrected me, rightfully so. But it was in that moment that I realized like, well, where did that come from? Well, it actually came from my heart. Words don't just appear from thin air. They don't just kind of come into our brain and flow out. They actually come from the core of us. If you ever say something, there's things going on in your heart that causes you to say it. That's actually what Jesus says. Our speech flows out of the heart. Check this out in Matthew 12. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. So if you've said something that's worthless, said something that's wrong, that's because that's in your heart, and that's in my heart. The good news is if you've said something that's encouraged or built somebody up, that's in there as well. And that just represents our heart. It's mixed. There's good and bad that's going on. But whenever you say something and you look back and you're like, oh, I regret saying that, that's a good indicator. You know, there's something in my heart that I need to hand over to God. There's some things in there that could be some pride, some arrogance, some bitterness, some frustration. There could be some things going on there that that God wants to work on. And so the good news is if you identify those, don't beat yourself up. You're normal. We all say things that we regret. The key is, what do you do? And so as you even right now think of those instances in your life, if you have something that you've said even recently that was wrong, go back to that person you said, you know, what I said was wrong. I I did that last night in my house. I said something to one of my kids. And this happens a lot. I just said something. It came over my heart, which was I had my own ways, my own goals, which was my selfishness. And one of my kids wasn't in line with it. And I said something that was not helpful and it was wrong. And I had to make it right. Now, oftentimes we kind of stew and we may feel bad or we downplay it. But if God brings something to mind that you said is wrong to somebody, you've been harsh, you've been deceitful, You've said a lie. You've bashed them. Whatever it is, make that right. God will use that to stack good days in your life. Ask for forgiveness. God will take something that's taking root, maybe something bad, something worthless, and he uproots it, and and you can plant now a good seed there. And so I encourage you, take that action as God brings that to mind. So our words impact the kinds of days that we have. Here's the second point. Words have incredible power and must be handled responsibly. Our words are actually a stewardship, meaning God has given us breath in this life. He's given us life. He's given us intelligence. He's given us a heart. He's given us a personality. And he uses our speech in a way to communicate, to build relationships. That's what makes the human species so special. We can communicate like no other created being. And we have words and relationships That's a beautiful stewardship, something that God's given us. But because he's given it to us, we actually are responsible for how we handle it. We're responsible for the words, every word that comes out of our mouth, we're responsible for. In fact, we're gonna stand before God and he's gonna hold us accountable for what we've said, every word. Now that seems overwhelming. That can seem like, uh uh-oh. But look at the power that we have, the incredible opportunity that we have to use our speech for good. And so I just want to highlight some Proverbs. Proverbs are wise sayings. And Proverbs and the scriptures have so many wise sayings related to speech. In fact, one of our next steps today, and I want to give this to you right now because I think this is going to be really great. One of our next steps today is for you to do a study in scripture on speech. Now, we've listed all the references in the verses Uh, Not all of what scripture has to say, but a a pretty good portion of Proverbs and some Psalms in the Old Testament and then some in the New Testament. And we want to give you a chance this week to dig into the scriptures for yourself. We talk a lot about that. In fact, that's part of building good days, right? Is, Is you build a foundation from listening and learning from God. And you do that from getting into the scriptures. So what better way than to learn what the Bible has to say about speech? So we're going to highlight some of those today, but we want to give you a chance this week 
you'll see a handout there with all these scriptures that you can look and you can study for yourself. You can mark themes, you can mark uh, warnings and promises and categories and take some time to do that. I think that that will really help you. Print it out, write notes on it, put it somewhere where you can use it for a reference. Memorize some of those Proverbs or some of those scriptures. So we, we have that. That's the first next step for today. Wanted to let you know about that. But here's just a little taste of what the Proverbs, these wise sayings say about our speech. Check this out. This is Proverbs 18.21. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Wow. That just so plain, but profound. What does it have the power for our speech? Our tongue, life, and death. And then when it says those who eat of it will will eat its fruit, the idea is we have consequences for what we we say. There's a cause and effect. Trap door opens, the words come out. They're now in the atmosphere. And now what was said, whether good or bad, is going to have an impact. And we eat the fruit. Good fruit for good words. Rotten fruit for rotten words. You can't go around it. There's like no special formula around. This is reality how life works. People get fired for what they say, not for what they do oftentimes. Oftentimes people can get fired from a job from their speech, not even their work ethic. People can get promoted because of how they can handle inner communication. Isn't that interesting? So even in things like that, like job promotion, Think about in your relationships. You want to have a good relationship with your kids. You got to know how to speak to them in a way that's loving and kind so that their heart warms up to you as a parent. You want to have a good relationship with those older than you, whether it's your parents or supervisors. You've got to learn how to speak with respect, how to acknowledge people's wisdom, how to draw things out from people so you can learn. That's connected to success. So that's what we're saying. It's the power of life and death. We literally can experience good and bad by just what we say. And we eat its fruit. There are consequences. There's an impact to what we say. Check this out, Proverbs 12, 18. Similar theme. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. What a picture. What if we kind of change the analogy of Maybe the fire where we could breathe it. But what if when we open our mouth, we're picturing like literally swords that are flying out. Anytime we're harsh, anytime we speak a lie, anytime we let somebody have it, they're literally like swords flying out that are just going to cut people. And that's what it feels like. If you've ever been on the receiving end, right? It feels like, wow, that person cut me. That hurt. Now we don't want them to know it oftentimes. But inside, like, wow hurt me at my core. That's because our words, they're like swords. Now notice the second part, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. I love that picture. This is the grace of God. You see, we may have grown up in a family where we were hurt many times. And that may be you. You look back in your life and you've been hurt by many people. And because of that, maybe you've hurt people with your words as well. It's what you have is just a bunch of people with just gaping wounds of just being torn into by the people around them, even loved ones. But when you decide to follow God and listen to him and learn and turn your life over to Jesus, 
When you begin to do that, He changes you from the inside out. And the very things that you look at as scars and these wounds, when you begin to do life God's way, healing comes. Because you now are transformed. You're a person that used to cut people with swords of your speech, but now you bless. You forgive. You encourage. You help. In your words, you build up the words of the wise. They bring healing. This is the transformation that comes when you follow Jesus Christ. I'm so encouraged by that because as I look at all the things I've said that I just think, what was I thinking? And then all the things that were said to me, and there's pain there. But that promise, the tongue of the wise brings healing. As I continue to walk with God, life can change. I can make a difference. I can move forward and use my speech in a way that will really be a blessing. And as I bless others, those good days stack and stack and stack. And you begin to see, wow, God is good. And it's connected to what we say. Isn't that profound? Something that has so much power, but we don't think about, but it literally does have the power of life and death. Let's go on. Point three. What's the goal of our speech? Well, the goal in our speech is to benefit those who listen. Now, I don't want to spend a ton of time setting this up because it's it's pretty self-explanatory, but I think so much right now in our day and probably for all of history, when we think about speaking, we're thinking about us. If you have an idea, you're thinking about what you want to say. In fact, as people talk to you, I don't know if you ever noticed this, you can be so concerned with what you want to say that you don't even listen. I can do that in my life. That's happened many times. People are talking to me and I'm just thinking about how I want to respond. And as I'm thinking about how I want to respond, they're talking to me, I'm not even listening to them because I want them to know what I'm thinking. And so I'm calculating, I'm formulating, I'm imagining how I'm going to respond the whole while I'm not even thinking about them and what they're trying to say. And I'm actually not even thinking about what I'm going to say is how it's going to land. It's really about me, what I want to say, what I want to get off my chest, what I want to vent, the truth that they need to hear. See, the focus is on me. In scripture, though, the focus of speech is on those who listen. It's on the people who my words will land on. Again, are they swords or are they healing? That's a key question we all have to ask. Check this out in Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. That scripture is one verse. Ephesians 4.29. If you have not memorized that yet, I encourage you to do that. If you can bring that to your mind, that could prevent so many things coming out of your mouth which is not helpful. And it starts, do not let any unwholesome. Now, when I read scriptures like that, sometimes I'm like, okay, yeah, it makes sense. Helpful, good, thank you. But then you like look back at the words, okay? Do not let, then there's that word, A-N-Y. Any. Do not let any. That just kind of, Whoa, there's a seriousness to our speech there. Don't let it slip. Don't crack that trap door. Keep it closed. If it's unwholesome, you keep it closed. You keep it in. Okay, okay, God, I, 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 okay, I, I'm listening. And then it says, do not let any, what, unwholesome. Now, unwholesome is literally rotten. 
of no value. Now here's a picture of some rotten fruit. If you were to go to the local sprouts or the supermarket and you needed some produce and you need some fruit and vegetables and you saw this, would you pick that up? There is no way. You would leave that. Those are disgusting. If I see those, I'm running. I can't stand if my apple has bruises. I'm like, nope, don't want it. But that's a picture of words we don't think about. But anything unwholesome, that is things that that aren't right, things that are accurate, things that are not true, things that are not helpful, things that are going to cause problems, things that are related to gossip, things that cause disunity, things that we say that will just cause pain, things that bring up the past that we shouldn't, that something's been forgiven. All of those are rotten. They're moldy. You run from it. You don't want anything to do with that. You don't let that come out of your mouths. Check out this in the English Standard Version because it gives a little bit different uh, connotation. Let no corrupting talk. So here, corrupting replaces un- unwholesome. Same idea. It's, it's, it's corrupt. It's just nothing good. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. So the NIV says that it may benefit. The ESV, the English Standard Version, says that it may give grace. I love that. Both are helpful. You want your words to benefit people. There's a thing of a blessing, but what kind of a blessing? Well, it's actually a blessing of grace. Like there's this charity. That's literally what it means. Like there's, it's like you've been given somebody like a gift. Do you think about that? How your words could be a gift to somebody? See, most oftentimes as we're speaking in unwholesome words, you're taking, if it's a sword, it's cutting, you're, you're robbing somebody of a little bit of life. But the idea of benefiting those who listen, it's that you're giving, you're giving charity, you're giving grace. It's helping them. And when it says building up, you know, let no unwholesome talk. Do not let anything unwholesome, nothing corrupting come out of your mouth, but only that is such for, for building up, building up. You keep saying building others, building up. That's the idea of of forethought. You, You actually are thinking before you speak. If you were to build something as a builder, an architect, a contractor, you have a blueprint and you have specific plans for each part of the thing that you're building, whether it's a house, and you say, okay, well, this is the foundation, and then these are how we're going to put up the walls, and these are the measurements of the beams, and these are the kinds of nails that we're going to use, and this is the drywall, and there's a certain order to every single thing. You have a plan. You have the forethought so you can build what needs to be built. And that's the picture with our words. We're building something that's a gift, and this gift needs to be wrapped in words that are pleasing to the Lord Jesus and helpful to others. And so I need to think about what I say, just like a builder who looks at plans. I just don't throw the materials. I don't, don't throw my words. Intention is important. So what that means is we have to think. We have to think before we speak. Check out this uh, from the message paraphrase. Here's another connotation. Same verse. Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps each word a gift. There you see it. The gift, the grace, the benefit. Build. 
nothing rotten, nothing corrupt, nothing foul, nothing dirty. That's so helpful, all three of those, whether it's the New International Version, English Standard Version, or the paraphrase, they just give you a sense, okay, I need to think, and I'm now giving something to this person. Is this, if you were to give somebody a gift, think about it in these terms, somebody moves into your neighborhood, and you're just wanting to welcome them as a neighbor, could you imagine if you went to them and you're like, we gave you this gift, and it's a bowl of rotten fruit. We're so glad you're here. What would they think about this neighborhood? Well, it's time to move, kids. There's something wrong with these people. That's how it is with our words. It's all the time we're wrapping up this gift and it's rotten. Instead, how can we bless? How can we encourage? How can we build others up? Another thing for my life, just practical, related to this, the forethought, the building. If I wonder whether I should say something, if there's a little bit of a pause, like maybe I shouldn't say it, don't. That's what I found. You have a sense like, mm, should I say this? Is this appropriate? Is this not appropriate? Is this helpful? Is it not helpful? Don't say it. Oftentimes, you'll be so much more blessed if you just kind of listen. A lot, a lot of times that could be the Holy Spirit. If you're a follower of Christ, God lives inside you. He gives you those kinds of cues like, don't say it, Alex. Don't do it. There's many things that I've thought that I've not said. Now, for those of you that know me, that could be scary because I've said a lot of things that I probably shouldn't have But there's been a lot of things that I still haven't said because I just get a sense like it's not right. And I want to do what pleases God. Sometimes you just have to put the hand over your mouth and not let it come out. But it's, oh, it was so witty. It was so funny. I was going to let that person have it because they deserved it. But you'll be blessed and you'll have some good days if you just learn. Let that trap door just go up and you'll be safe. Finally, I just want to give you some practical questions to ask before you speak related to the scriptures that we've read. These are just things that you want to keep in mind. You just want to kind of have rehearsed of what you can say, especially in tense moments. If you're in a conflict at work, if you're in conflict at your home life, as you're relating to your spouse, as you're relating to roommates, as you're relating to your kids, these are some helpful questions Also, if you find yourself in just moments which are challenging, where you're not sure what to do and you're interacting with people and you're trying to solve a problem together, speech is always involved in solving problems. Good speech and bad speech can really dictate what happens. So here's some questions. First question, have I listened first? One of the scriptures that you're going to be able to look at this week is James 1.19. And it tells us to actually be quick to listen. But that's a great question. As you're interacting with people and they're talking to you, am I listening? It's a good question. Just, am I listening? And have I listened first before I want to speak? Second question, have I thought about what to say before I say it? So in this, there's the what and there's the how. So have I thought about what I need to say? But, but also what you want to add is, have I thought about how to say it? I don't know if you've ever related to somebody and they're getting kind of excited and amped and they're kind of getting you amped and maybe you're not mad, but you just, your voices are getting raised. But sometimes we, we just aren't thinking about how is this going to land? And the louder you are, usually the less people hear. That's true for every relationship we have. So have I thought about what I'm going to say? And have I thought about how I'm going to say it? How will this, this land? Again, you want to focus on, on them. In the moment, it's so hard. 
when things tense, you know, tense moments arise, it's so easy to like what we want to say, what we hope they hear. But oftentimes it's how will this land? That's a great question. Which leads to the third one. What is fitting the current circumstance or occasion? So in the middle, the communication that you're having, you actually kind of want to ask yourself while you're still listening or before you get into the conversation, what's going on with this person? Like, are they, are they struggling? Are they anxious? Are they fearful? If you're talking to a fearful person and your first response is, well, you just need to get over it. That's usually not going to be the gift that they want to open because it's rotten. If somebody's fearful and they're just told to get over it, there may be some things that they need to push through, but oftentimes they just need somebody that can, can listen. That's hearing them. That's just saying, you know what? I'm, I'm with you and I'm here for you and I'm walking with you through this. That's the gift of grace. And so is it a time of silence? Is it a time for listening? Is it a time for space? Maybe you just don't say anything and you just give them some space for them to be able to talk and and for you to be able to hear. Is this a time of tension? At all costs, if you can, avoid a quarrel. That's wise. So the Proverbs say, if you can avoid a quarrel, do. Be gentle, not harsh. Does this person need encouragement? Do they need a challenge? There's times when in your speech you do need to, to challenge them. Like they're fearful and you, you've identified with them. But there's some of the times you just need to say, you know, I, you can do this. You can get past this. You can do the right thing. You can do the hard thing. And your word actually may be the encouragement. Like, man, I was about to give up. But this person came alongside me and they helped me. And then the last question, will my words help them or hurt them? That's part of just that forethought, the building. You're thinking through your plans. And then will this condemn them or give them grace? So I hope those are some helpful questions. I want to just wrap up this morning with some next steps. These next steps, I've already given you one. This is just a way, okay, this is so important. If our words are this important, and they have the power of life and death to give a gift, something that's rotten, to give a gift of grace, we really want to get this. Because these impact our days. And they will impact whether we have good ones or bad ones by what comes out of our mouth. So here's some next steps. And you can mark these on the connection card. We'd love to pray for you as you take them. The first is spend the next week working through the Bible verses on speech. Again, we've not given you every single verse, but the Bible has many, many verses. But start with these. Start kind of looking at maybe just a few a day. And then going back and looking at some more and going back and looking at some more. Check for themes and categories, warnings and promises. Connect some dots there. The second, sign up for a connect group. As Joel has mentioned, these connect groups, as we go through the Heart Attitude book, these are going to be really what's helpful for building the right relationships. And they'll focus on our attitudes and and our speech and how do we actually be the kind of community that God wants us to be. So I encourage you, take a step, sign up for a connect group today. Mark that on your connection card. And then the the last next step is to invite somebody to church. There are people that they need to be built up. They need to be encouraged. They need people that can come alongside them to give this this grace. So there may be people in your life that they're in need of community. They're isolated. They need help. They need perspective. They need the love of Jesus. 
Invite them to church. Invite them to, to watch online. Invite them to come to church at the park. Now is the time to reach out to those people that we have in our life. You just never know what they're going through, and God could use you to help them. So right now, take a next step. Decide what it is and take it. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your word, which is instructive and practical and helpful. God, will you help us to be people that give gifts of grace instead of rotten fruit? Help us to be people who think before we speak, that think about how what we say will land. We need help because it's so easy to just let our words fly. So God, as we dig into the scriptures this week, will you just open our eyes, help us to see more clearly and point out things in our own heart that we need to work on. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for our church and the opportunity to be in community together. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, amen.